Welcome again to It Doesn't Take a Genius, conversation with introspective perspectives and pithy points of view. Here are your hosts, my friends, Max and Marty. I think that's Mark and Mike. Yeah, whatever. Ramsey! Marshall, what a lovely backdrop you have there with a bookshelf, and the bookshelf is heart-shaped in the middle. That's precious. Yes, reading is fundamental. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I, I'd heard that, uh, yeah, you'd read something, got really excited about books. Uh, yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, books are good. Uh, yeah, groundbreaking podcast right here. But I think he went a little deeper. I think there was something about something that, man, I don't know when the last time I've I've seen or heard anybody doing this, but but reading aloud. Reading aloud, yeah, and and as always, your prompt and your background completely on topic. You just nail it every time, Marshall, and I appreciate that about you. Um, you. Yes, I uh, this this was uh, back in September in the Wall Street Journal, a uh, uh, regular column they have. Uh, the columnist uh, Megan Cox Gurdon, I believe, is how you pronounce her name. Uh, she said, "Reading aloud can remedy COVID learning loss." Yeah, so there was some some research done, uh, which did not surprise my fellow homeschooling and classical education compatriots. Um, that uh, yeah, the, that uh, a lot of the learning loss with with COVID uh, could be uh, basically uh, erased if the teacher was using uh, novels, even novels at a higher level than the student themselves, and reading them quickly for the enjoyment of reading instead of reading them slowly and didactically, you know, making it just every little point and stopping along the way, just reading, just reading aloud. Uh, there was something that happened there. It improved math skills, let alone language skills, um, and uh, went on to uh, basically help the kids that were even further behind come up faster. So we'll link to the article uh, for those of you that, that want to go read the column uh, but it, it reminded me of something uh, that my wife's a big fan of. This is uh, Sarah McKenzie's second book, The Read Aloud Family. Uh, she also has a book called Teaching from Rest. And uh, she has a podcast, The Read Aloud Revival. Um, she follows the teachings of a, of a Victorian educator named Charlotte Mason, who's become very uh, sort of uh, uh, gone through a renaissance here lately um, and is uh, really well regarded. And, and the whole point was narration. I'm going to read something to you. We're going to talk about something. I want you to narrate back what you think you heard, student. And so a lot of uh, homeschool families are doing this. And it just dawned on me as I was reading this Wall Street Journal column that uh, this this actually works in a lot of different ways for a lot of different folks. Um, and I just thought I'd, I'd throw out some ideas uh, for the managers out there who have um, managers meetings uh, uh, departmental meetings and have opportunities where they could be telling stories. They, okay, there's not a book necessarily that we're going to read aloud. It's, it's not like we're going to necessarily sit down and I'm going to read you a fairy tale at work, but there are stories that we can be telling each other and the benefits of making that an oral thing and saying some things out loud uh, might be just the ticket for where we happen to be in modern society. So I've, I've just got some, some random thoughts on that, that, uh, I wanted to uh, share with our audience, both of them. Well, and I think both of them are intrigued at this point. And, <laughs> yeah, because I'm sitting here thinking right, the whole world has moved to short form video. 
uh, everybody's right. watching videos, both our listeners included. And yeah. so n nobody's reading at this point. Yeah. And so, yeah, you introduced this idea that, yeah, I could get in front of my team, read a story or passage from a book uh, with the, with the, with setting it up ahead of time, letting them know that we're going to discuss this. So I actually need you to pay attention. <laughs> Like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Pay, right. pay attention, and then uh, we're gonna, and maybe even offer them a few questions ahead of time when we're done. You know, we'll, we'll talk about what were the, what were the characters thinking or, or that type of thing. So, uh, and then ultimately, uh, you know, what is the what's the what's the big takeaway from from this story? What did you take away from this story? That that's a pretty accurate assessment. Now, I, I, one thing that I might add to that is uh, that the story might be a story from work, right? It it might be uh, an anecdote of something that happened here ten years ago that really illustrate one of the values of our company, or mm -hmm. it might be Johnny had a great sales day yesterday. Johnny, come on up and let us talk through you know what you did. Tell us you know narrate for us what you did, and let's let's talk about what we think we heard you say. Um, and all of it's based on that very idea of, you know, it is the TikTok time, right? We don't have attention span anymore. And so Wait. the narration is a way to keep that. Yeah, I'm sorry. Sorry. Let me let me bring you back, Mike. No, uh, no. I, I just it just dawned on me. I may have done this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. so I, I, I do this thing where where I get like all the salespeople together yep. and I and I read them a review. So here's the customer review. The customer yes. writes this wonderful story. I read yes. the review and I go, all right, so what were the key things that impressed the customer? What were the key things that that was yep. that was done, you know, by the organization, by this uh, this individual yep. in the organization uh, that that were notable enough that the customer made note of it? What was the customer feeling? Uh, you know, what do you believe they were feeling if it wasn't it, you know expressed in the story itself? Uh, and then, all right, so what do we need to do to make these type of reviews happen more frequently? And, and notice what you're doing there is you're, you're setting them up to pay attention, obviously. And mm -hmm. we all need, a, 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 frankly, some help in this day and age with being able to focus and pay attention. You know, uh, attention is stretching towards something. That's literally what it means. And so we're, we're stretching people when we're going through the exercise of having them listen to something like this. But the other side of that coin is you're you're really causing them to step into the shoes of the people in the story, right? So get into that customer's shoes. Now we've got empathy happening. Well, empathy is a huge skill for the workforce in our day and age. If you're in a service industry, especially, we really need you to be able to see it from the side of the, the people that you're serving and mm -hmm. uh, see it from the side of the uh, maybe colleagues that you're serving that are internal customers of your department or your role or what have you. Uh, so, so already we have two really key things happening where we're growing attention span and we're growing empathy, and we haven't even got to the learning yet of what we're hoping that our people get out of the actual training event. So, I, I, yeah, I think you're you're spot on. Well, that's huge. Yeah, yeah. Once again, I've accidentally stumbled upon something. <laughs> <laughs> so it doesn't take a genius, you might say. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm perfectly qualified for this. <laughs> yes, you are. Uh, they, they, but it's nice to know there's there's research, there's entire uh, you know books, yeah. books, uh, homeschooling curriculums uh, built uh, well, around this this idea. 
the, the Sarah McKenzie lady, um, my, my wife's a, a big fan. And uh, one of the things I heard said about her at a conference once uh, was a bunch of PhDs in the front of the room. And they said, you know, we'd been theorizing and theorizing about what it would look like to, you know, bring classical education back and how would you do it and so on and so forth. Well, uh, I don't know Sarah's whole story, but Sarah McKenzie basically was a homeschool mom saying, I think this is what my kids need and started doing it. So she she just sort of practically stumbled into, you know, this whole thing and and was basically the proof point that the PhDs had been looking for all along. Just some homeschool mom out there, you know, just some homemaker. Mm-hmm. And um, and it goes for the flip side too. kids at all sorts of different levels are benefiting you know, all of the all of the boats are are lifting as the water goes up uh, from one storytelling event. So so as an example, in our home, we've got a, you know, soon to have a 12 year old, a 10 year old, an eight year old and a six year old. Well, we're still narrating the same books to all of them. So the six year olds hearing what the 12 year old is hearing, it might be a little bit elevated speech for the six year old. But guess what? You'd be shocked by how much they pick up. They're just like sponges. Their vocabulary becomes elevated, right? They're paying attention. They do get a general sense of what's going on. Um, Isn't that also true in our workplace though? Don't we have people at all different skill levels, education levels, development levels? Mm -hmm. And as we share these stories, well, there's, there's really two benefits there. If you share the stories in a group, it's a group moment right? It's a, it's a group bonding moment and you need those for your team, especially if it's a win about your team, like you mentioned. But the other thing is that everybody in the room is going to benefit from that. Everybody gets a chance to raise their level. You can be at the top of the sales board. You could be at the bottom of the sales board. And there's something in that story that helps you take it to the next level. Well, and as you're talking, I'm thinking of Laura Ingalls and, yep. you know, you've got the one room schoolhouse. Yep. And I always wondered that. You know, you had all the grades in one room at the schoolhouse and you had one teacher. Yep. Why in the world did they ever do that? Yep. And as you're talking, I'm thinking, all right, maybe this is how they did it. Yeah, I mean, that that was what we call classical education today. Uh, By about 1900 and back, we called it education. This is just how it was done. You know, we we just... (laughs) We just, you know, put uh, put people into a room and and helped them learn uh, families, too. So, so it works in the workplace, too. So everything that we call classical now in the olden days was just the thing. Just the thing. Yeah. OK. Exactly. All right. Yeah. Just, yeah. 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 Just that's very insightful. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't a classic when they made it. It was only a classic 100 years later. So the other benefit I see here is, is that you might actually rekindle an interest. This is such a good pun. Rekindle an interest in reading. <laughs> just, just stop me now. I just, <laughs> I can't help myself. Uh, the, uh, so, so yeah, you read an excerpt from something and I'm sitting out there and I'm going, hmm, that's, that's fascinating. I wonder how the rest of the chapter goes or the rest of the book goes. And Absolutely. now I've got people leaning in to books. Yeah. And and by the way, I don't think there's anything wrong with books on tape, audiobooks. Uh, you know, if if you wanted to go that route, and I certainly do on on quite a bit of stuff, you know, there's there's the uh, apps from your library, like Hoopla is the one that I really like. Uh, you know, we'll link to that too. 
tons, tons of modern books and, and ancient books on hoopla uh, free, you know, as long as you have a library card at a library that supports it. And there's there's probably three other apps out there that are very similar. But I bring that up because, you know, hey, maybe maybe reading ain't your thing. And that's okay, but guess what? We're all listening. We're in an oral culture at this point. I, I know it's a video culture, but it's really an oral culture in a lot oh, of yeah. ways. Well, the uh, fact that the, the majority of our both our listeners uh, <laughs> don't watch the YouTube as much as they download the podcast. Yeah. So yeah. They're, they're taking the audio version of this yeah. versus the video version of this. Yeah, that was shocking to both of us, I think, when we, we noticed that happening. It yes, might also have something to do with our, you know, substandard uh, looks. I maybe, maybe I don't know, but uh, yeah, we we definitely have more oral listeners than we have uh, visual listeners. Viewers. That is so true, so true. So so we've talked about a few. Any other benefits of doing this that we haven't talked about? Yeah, yeah. There's one other. Uh, you know, you you mentioned rekindling an interest in learning, but uh, really this is inspirational all the way through you know hopefully your people are getting inspired by that that hook of the story and and wanting to come back and hear what happens you know uh, as the story unfolds maybe you have a you know a, a story that that you stretch out over several meetings perhaps right as as you go through different stages with a customer or something like that there who knows where this could go um but but the idea that uh you're inspiring them along the way with some things that they could personally be doing meanwhile it really is inspirational for you as the leader. Uh, mm -hmm. the, the column uh, talks about uh, joy, that the, the teachers who are going through these uh, uh, research uh, opportunities with students uh, doing the read-alouds really felt like they were it, more often than not describing uh, these uh, uh, teaching moments as joy. And uh, boy, well, talk uh, about, you know, something that teachers often don't get to experience <laughs> in our day and age. Uh, you know, it's it's such a grind uh, that you hear teachers talk about. Um, same with managers, right? Uh, managers can can get beat down and, and stressed out by the grind. And yet here's a moment where the team comes together and they're learning and they're paying attention. And there's focus on something really cool. And that's what I think our, our managers can can really get out of this is that this will be fun. This will be joy. So mm -hmm. thanks to uh, thanks to Megan Cox Gurdon. Uh, she also wrote, uh, I believe it's called The Enchanted Hour, talking about reading aloud. We'll, we'll link to all these books and and uh, and uh, to Hoopla, the app uh, for folks that want to pursue this further. And of course, we'd love for them to talk to you and I about uh, how you do this practically in the workplace, we we enjoy doing stuff like this. You and I both have uh, made use of uh, techniques that we're talking about here. I, like you said, it, it, nothing new under the sun, and these are these are uh, just very time tested ideas that I think could stand to be used a little more in this day and age. Oh, definitely, definitely, and it, it could be as simple as uh, taking the thank you note uh, from a customer, uh, yeah, and, and reading it to the team. Absolutely. And then, and then leading a discussion after that. That's right. What was this customer feeling? What was the most important thing we did for this customer? What yeah. was it that, that that rose to the level that they wrote a note? And, and, then, and I think the, the other easy way to do it would be to interview one of your staff about something that happened that was significant. Mm -hmm. 
um, you, you maybe are putting them on the spot a little bit. Maybe don't give them too much of a warning and just make it as informal as possible. Uh, you know, sort of prep them that you want to talk about that a little bit. So they've got some thoughts, but just make it very informal. And I think as they get used to the concept, you know, that that sort of open air interview becomes a really powerful, well, uh, powerful way to do storytelling uh, for your staff. Oh, yeah. Yeah. What a wonderful way to reinforce the culture that you're working. To That's right. That's it. So, yeah, in this episode, we uh, the I think the big takeaway was uh, read aloud to people and then talk about it. That's it. That's it. This is I can do this. This is good stuff. <laughs> right. <laughs> I am with you a hundred percent of the way. Beautiful. Nice. See ya. All right. Let's uh let's let everybody get to their favorite reading. Uh, so yeah, yeah. Click uh, click pause and uh, and start reading. And in the meantime, uh, we'll queue up our uh, favorite uh, narrator, uh, Mr. John Wolf. Amen. And that's a wrap. It Doesn't Take a Genius, the blog dedicated to reducing the irreducible. Next time, prime numbers. What makes them so special? Join us then, and thanks for listening. That's good enough.